I'd like to uh, ask all of you to please open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 2, and I will uh, be in our text in just a moment. Hebrews chapter 2. You know, uh, the book of Hebrews is different than most of the uh, epistles in God's Word, because uh, instead of starting with the name of uh, an apostle, which is uh, customary to signify who wrote the letter, uh, it starts with the word God. So what it's essentially saying is God wrote this letter. <clears throat> I just think that's uh, important to keep in mind. This isn't a man speaking to other men, trying to uh, assert his superiority. This is God who is superior. And uh, this is God who wants us to he uh, heed these warnings and to understand these messages. <clears throat> I would like to say that I'm uh, preaching uh, an encouraging message, but I'm not. Uh, I would like to say that I'm talking about the joys of heaven or uh, the promises that God will fulfill in the days to come, but I'm not. Uh, I believe that I stand in the midst of uh, an apathetic generation, someone, uh, in a generation who doesn't care uh, about the things of God, and I do believe that is in part because we are not willing to uh, give them that message. And so I would like to read a, a couple of warnings, um, <clears throat> starting in Hebrews chapter 2. Verse 1 and 3. Of course, throughout this message, I will be talking about the grace of God, which is a wonderful thing. But uh, as we continue throughout this night, even after this message, I would like, to, uh, like for you to keep these things in mind. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for bringing me here today, and I thank you for laying this message on my heart, Lord. And I thank you for bringing these people here today and uh, just apply this message to them, Lord, and uh, <clears throat> help them to take greater heed to the things that you speak through me, Lord. Give me uh, the courage to stand and to speak clearly and to convey this message for you. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> so as I mentioned, Hebrews is written by God himself. <clears throat> and so the, the first verse is, therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. And I believe that we is speaking to Christians. This is not speaking to men who have never heard the gospel. This is not speaking to men who have never believed the gospel. But this is to sp speaking to men who are familiar with the gospel and people <clears throat> who have believed on the gospel. He's talking to us. This was originally written to the Hebrews, but it applies to us as well. <clears throat> what does it say? It says, therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. We ought to pay more attention. We ought to give more time to the things which we have heard. We ought to give more attention, more time to the things that we need to study. <clears throat> this is not a trivial matter. You know, I took a speech class recently, and uh, the speech class uh, emphasized the importance of listening. And uh, listening is a very interactive process. It takes a lot of, uh, a lot of effort. And so, too, does uh, giving more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, paying more attention to the Bible, paying more attention to the people who teach us the Bible. <clears throat> I'm not saying that because I speak here, but I'm saying that because God says that here. <clears throat> we have to give more attention, more time, and more care about the things that are written in the Bible for our learning. Why should we give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard? 
you continue reading, it says, lest at any time we should let them slip. The lessons we have learned, the doctrine we have shared, we can forget it. Humans are prone to forgetting. And that is a sin because it says clearly here, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. We shouldn't forget about the things which God has done and have to be reminded, but we do. We ought to pay more attention to what God is saying and, uh, and, and live those lives. Be doers of the word without having to be told hundreds of times. <clears throat> and I'm afraid so often we, myself included, fail at that. <clears throat> if you move on to verse 3, it says, How shall we escape? And that word escape mentions a fleeing. And uh, the way I interpret this is, uh, <clears throat> How shall we expect to flee from God? If we neglect so great salvation, we neglect telling other people of the, this great salvation that we have. Should we expect to be like Jonah except not reap the, <clears throat> the uh, so-called reward, the consequences of his action? We, we are fleeing from God if we don't tell others about the gospel. Do you realize this? It's hard to accept, but it needs to be heard. <clears throat> so, a question that you might ask yourself is, How should we avoid neglecting the salvation of God? If you turn just 10 chapters over to the uh, 12th chapter of Hebrews, I will read verses 1 through 3. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be weary and faint in your minds, lest ye let things slip, the things that which you've heard, to which you were supposed to give more earnest heed. This uh, first verse here says uh, that we see so great a cloud of witnesses, and uh, that is referring to the chapter before Chapter 11, uh, many people refer to this as uh, the chapter of faith. Uh, faithful characters are mentioned in the, in the 11th chapter. So considering what they have done, they being humans, you know, the uh, same flawed uh, creation that we are, they gave their faith, they gave more earnest things to, the, uh, gave more earnest heed to the things that they have heard. <clears throat> Seeing as they have done it, we should, uh, we, we should uh, follow in their footsteps. And lay aside every weight. Lay aside the things of the world. The pleasures of the world. <clears throat> we, we shouldn't pursue, uh, pursue, per, pursue uh, pleasures as this world does. <clears throat> as we have heard so many times there to be in this world but not of this world. And we should not pursue the same things as this world. <clears throat> Moving on to verse 3. Uh, it says, For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your mind. We are to consider Christ in order to not neglect so great a salvation that he has given us. And to help you with this, I'd like to turn to uh, Romans chapter 5. And I'd, read, uh, I'd like to read um, <clears throat> verses 6 through 9. For, what, for when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely a righteous man will one, <clears throat> will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man will some even dare to die. But God commendeth his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, 
Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Rarely men would lay down their lives for righteous people. What, what righteousness do we boast as Christians for God to justify, or for, to justify God for dying for our sins? <clears throat> He's died the same way for everyone. We are no different, and thus we, we, we should not withhold the, uh, the grace that has been so graciously extended to us. And we should uh, tell others of this, uh, of this God who laid down his life for the man that no one else would care about. Because it says here that peradventure, <coughs> peradventure for a good man would some even dare to die. And there are no good men. <coughs> no, the, the criminal wouldn't die for his king, nor the servant for his master. Yet the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, who made himself a servant, died for even the worst. I believe this is something that should fuel our fire, if you will, should f to, to fulfill our purpose of uh, fulfilling the, the, the Great Commission, to tell others about this God who graciously laid down his life when no one else will. <clears throat> if this is uh, your first time hearing this message, this is what is called the gospel, and, it is, and by the hearing of this word comes faith, and if you put your faith in this Christ who died for you, who is part God, you shall be saved. <clears throat> God's grace hath abounded. We can clearly see here. Because he commended his love towards us while we were sinners, while we were unjust, while we were criminals. We've all heard this before, but I feel like this is, this is important to note now. To note whenever we're struggling to find, I, I don't know, motivation to witness, consider God who laid down his life for people. All we have to do is tell them about him. I speak of this as if I'm a perfect man, but I'm not. But just know that this is God speaking. God withheld hell through his mercy and provided heaven through grace. Yet we, will, we won't tell others of that when we have received it on the same unjust terms. It reminds me of a song, Your grace still amazes me, speaking of God's grace. Your love still a mystery. I think that is very true. As I said, this is to fuel our flame to uh, <coughs> of, uh, of spiritual work. Uh, th this ought to be the reason for we live, because this is our main purpose, the Great Commission. This is why we remain here. God has entrusted us with, uh, with, with spreading the same gospel that uh, led us to him. <coughs> and uh, I, I believe that occasionally we are uh, tempted to think ourselves above Stooping to such a level that, uh, that, that, that we have uh, lost the love of, um, of Christ and lost the admiration of grace. But I would like to read a warning unto the church of Ephesus, which is found in Revelations chapter 2, and I will read the first four verses. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven, seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience. And how, can, how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and how thou hast tried them which say they are apostles, and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne, and hast patience, and for my name's sake hast labored, and hast not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast loved their first love. Think about that for a moment. 
despite what Ephesus, the church of Ephesus, rather, despite what they have done for God, they have left their first love. <clears throat> Doing what you do for the church without the right motivation, without the love for God in it, does not count for anything. Am I wrong? <clears throat> Doing what you do here without the concern for sinners, concern for your enemies, which we are called to love, concern for your friends, for your family, which we are prone to love, doing the things here without love for them does not count for anything. Am I wrong? <clears throat> we ought to give more earnest heed to study and work and to examine ourselves to see if we are guilty of leaving our first love. Because if we haven't, we would be more passionate to tell other people about that same love. Think, love is a sacrificial, uh, love is a sacrificial thing, is it not? If Jesus sacrificed himself, his life, should we not sacrifice ours for him? If we love him? If we love him, should we not keep our, his commandments? <clears throat> Are your works pleasing God? Is your worship pleasing God? To know this, you ought to uh, consider whether or not you have left your first love. Examine yourself. <clears throat> do you pay or do you give earnest heed to the things which you have heard, or do you just let them slip? Do you leave this church building and forget the things which you have heard only 30 minutes prior? I sure hope not. If our sole purpose is to tell other people about Christ, how can we love God and not preach? As Romans 6.1 says, how can we continue in sin and expect grace to abound? If we're not preaching, we're sinning. Am I wrong? We are told to go tell the world. Am I wrong? <clears throat> well, this has surely painted a very sad state. However, there is verse 5 after this, these four verses. Even though God has somewhat against the church of Ephesus, he provides a remedy for their situation. Verse 5 says, Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, and repent. And do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick from out of his place, except thou repent. Remember that thou art fallen. With what I have said to you here tonight, it is very unlikely that... Uh, you should still consider yourself perfect in the sight of God, <clears throat> even after salvation. It's very uh, unlikely that we have never failed in such an ordeal. So don't deny your failure because it's wrong. It's there. Lying to yourself does nothing about it. Am I wrong? <clears throat> but once you admit your failure, don't wallow in it. If the, uh, if the prodigal son... Uh, came to himself, as it says. But he said, oh, I could never be accepted by my father. And he just stayed in the pig pen. He would have never made it. He wouldn't have experienced the, uh, the, the, the joy of coming back to his father. <clears throat> he would have wasted a perfectly good life that he could have used serving his father. I believe we could do the same today. We could all use some self-examination and some repentance. Myself included, of course. <clears throat> for a visu visual representation, excuse me. 
for a visual representation of what I've been talking about, let us consider Peter, who forsook his nets to follow Christ. Now, this might not seem like a big idea to you, but to a fisherman, that's everything. To a fisherman, that's his livelihood, possibly his entertainment, but definitely his livelihood, his money, his food, and that's gone. So clearly, Peter, Peter was saved. You know, he, he followed Christ. He left everything. Did what, he sa- uh, did what Christ said. Forsake all if you're my disciple. So, whenever, we, uh, whenever I get to my next point, we know that Peter's not unsaved. because uh, That first part was found in uh, Mark 1, 18. And just 13 chapters later, we read of Peter denying Christ. Not once, not twice, but three times. So Peter continued denying Christ after the first time and the second time. He didn't realize it. I hope that what I have read so far has made you aware of some kind of sin in your life. I hope that the Holy Spirit did anyway. <clears throat> but after the third denial of Christ, Peter, remember what God said. And he wept. He remember what God said. Are you considering what God's saying to you tonight? About your sin? About uh, any conviction here whatsoever? He remember what God said, but he didn't stop there. He wept, which shows to me, anyway, uh, a clear sign of repentance. And uh, if that's not clear enough, First <clears throat> Peter 2.24 and 2 Peter 3.1 show Peter uh, telling, telling the world, telling people, anyway, um, of the same God that he denied three times. Now, if, if I were to swear on something that I have nothing to do with it, I surely wouldn't be telling someone just a couple months later about it. But Peter, he, he turned around completely, and that's what repentance is. It's admitting your failure, and it's turning around wholeheartedly. Not just, oh, I want to be forgiven. No, there should be some regret there. I mean, Peter wept. Uh, That's not just shedding one tear. That's a grown man weeping, crying over what he did. Yet, just a couple months later, he was writing and telling other people about him. That's clear repentance to me. That's God's grace showing through. That even when Peter denied him three times and sweared that he had nothing to do with him, God wanted him. God wanted to use him. I do believe that God wants to use us tonight. <clears throat> I, I have noticed a clear trend in the past couple of weeks of uh, Pastor Stone talking about uh, talking to others about Christ, making disciples. And uh, I, I sure hope that what I've at least read so far has uh, proven as uh, more than worthy motivation to, uh, to be doers of the word and to uh, preach. <clears throat> there was a revival of Peter, as we saw, where he denied Christ, he wept, but then he told other people about Christ. There was a revival of Peter. There needs to be a revival today. I cannot deny. Individually, it doesn't have to be a grand event like the Great Awakening was, but there needs to be individual revival. 
You need to give more earnest thing, uh, heed to the things that you have heard and to give more earnest heed to the, uh, the sins and what that means to God and, uh, and ask for repentance. That's what constitutes revival, am I wrong? It's turning towards God in your time of failure, knowing your failure, knowing you're a failure, well, knowing that you've failed. <clears throat> I'd like to uh, read another verse. This is in Second uh, Corinthians, chapter four. And I'd like to go uh, read one through five. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is him to them that are lost. Do you realize what I just read? I'll read it again. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. If a man who operates a lighthouse feels, eh, I don't want to do it today. And so he, he doesn't turn on the lighthouse. <clears throat> or he, he doesn't like light the light. And I don't know how a lighthouse works, but you know, you get what I'm trying to get at. Anyway, <clears throat> if a man who operates a lighthouse neglects his duty given to him and a storm comes through, he's not harming himself. He's not harming his family. They're in the lighthouse. They're fine. But the sailors, the ships that are out there on the tempest who need somewhere to go, who have nowhere else to go, those men are dying. Believe it or not, the men, the women, people here today or in this world today are dying. Not just a physical death, but a spiritual death. Because, you know, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, so they're, they're destined for hell. Am I wrong? So if we akin ourselves to that lighthouse operator, are we going to say, oh, I don't feel like it today, and let thousands perish, hundreds perish, even one? I mean, is your time worth one soul? Think about that question. Is your time, your effort, worth one soul? If you spent all of your life fulfilling uh, God's commandment of telling the world about Christ and only one person got saved, would that be worth your time? Oh, no, it's only one person. Don't even have to do it. It's not worth my time. It's one person. But that person is a man that the same God that died for you with the same grace in the same manner that God died for them. Christians can trample the blood of Christ too if they don't tell others about it. Am I wrong? I mean, that's disrespecting him almost as much as rejecting him. You're not allowing other people to make the decision because they're uninformed. <clears throat> so many people have grown apathetic because no one has told them sooner. They made their own beliefs. They have to go to something. It's not going to satisfy them, but that's what they've gone to. If we want to make a difference in this world, we'll preach. I surely believe that. Continuing onward, <clears throat> in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Led them to other things, you know, the blind lead the blind, they end up in a ditch, that kind of thing. 
Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So while we have the chance, before the God of this world has blinded them, let us preach. Let's not hide our gospel from the ones who need it most. The worst will suffer from... uh, the worst will suffer from giving them the gospel's embarrassment. The worst they'll suffer if we don't is hell, which is considerably worse. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. We don't preach to glorify ourselves. Why would a man want to tell you about somebody else? No, no, no. We preach because we want to serve our purpose and glorify our Creator. It doesn't matter if you're embarrassed by it. It's glorifying God. Would you rather be accepted by the world or glorify God? Something to consider. Don't just live this life in meaningless purpose, you know, day-to-day job. Oh, I hate this job. Well, don't do that. We have a job that I would sure hope no one hates. We have a job we can enjoy anywhere. We have a job where the person with the highest authority and who deserves that position gave us. And I think we should fulfill it. Remember, if our gospel is hid, it is hid to them that are lost, who are blinded. The only people we harm if we withhold are the lost. Why would we stand by idly when we have the, uh, the mission to rescue the perishing? I'd like to read one more verse. Matthew 10:7. This is as I close. As you go, preach. It's the only portion I'm going to read of it anyway. Jesus is talking to his disciples here. And he's saying, as you go. So one, it's not uh, up to you whether you go, it's as you go. It's a given that you're going. And two, it's while you're going. You don't have to stop somewhere to preach. You can, you know, our, our lifestyle is, it can be a sermon. It should be a sermon, I should say. So as we go, we should be preaching. I'd like you to notice that in that verse, it doesn't give an audience. It just says preach. So if we want to truly fulfill that commandment, which it is a commandment, it says in verse 5, I believe that he commanded his disciples with a list of things, then we will preach to everyone as we go. We don't have to travel across the world to preach. It's as you go. It didn't say where you're going, just as you go. This should be a natural occurrence, just as natural as breathing while you're walking. I don't see why it wouldn't be. I mean, you say you love Christ, you ought to follow his commandments, so as you go, preach. Oh, I'm I'm not a good public speaker, nor am I. God called me to tell you about these things which which he has shown to me, and oh wow, looky here, I'm telling you about the Bible. You can tell people about the Bible. You don't have to wear a tie to do it. Speak a bunch 
speak about, let's see, 50 people, give or take. Anyway, sorry. <clears throat> As you go, preach. There's a clear dressel to that, because in verse 5 it says he's commanding his disciples. We are his disciples, are we not? So as we go, preach. Preach to your family, your friends, your enemies, because you're supposed to love them. And if you love your God, you stick to his commandments, so you're going to preach to them too. Even that one guy at work that you don't like, yeah, you've got to preach to him too. Anyway, <clears throat> as you go, preach. That's what I would like to leave with you today. Remember to <clears throat> uh, give... I'm sorry, hold on. Give heed to the things which you have heard, lest you let them slip. And you have officially heard, as you go, preach. Thank you. Well, thank you, Ryan. What stands out to me from the message tonight is the importance of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and that's for everyone. I did not grow up like a lot of you. I didn't grow up in church. I, I wasn't saved at, at a young age. I didn't know anything about the Bible. And, and I don't know how those who have grown up that way might approach young people in church, young people who have professed Christ as their Lord and Savior. It's been said that I've been very serious with young folks in the past, and, and I think that's what should happen. That's what happened tonight. If we're saved, we'll have a desire to share Christ with others that the greatest thing that has ever happened to us, we want that for someone else, that they would be saved from their sins. Ryan also pointed out a distraction in the beginning of the message. Giving our attention to the world more than the things of God. Might we be guilty of that tonight, if we're going to be honest? We can make decisions tonight with God. As he's dwelling in our midst right now, dealing with our hearts. And I, I pray that we do. The Bible says, be not conformed to this world. Let me ask you, young people, tonight. Does this happen to you? It happened to me. Does this happen to you? Those you're around in school, those your age, out in the world, in school, wherever. Do you find yourself following them? And their pattern, their example, and their ways? Because it's so easy to go with that flow. 
What about following Christ in the midst of a group of people you're around who are of the things of the world? That's the change that the Lord makes in our lives. And I'd be surprised if there's not a lot of decisions to be made tonight. Of where our focus is. And who we're going to follow. Christians have decisions to make tonight. But let me also say. That if you're here tonight. And you're realizing tonight, okay, yes, I am a sinner. And Jesus did die for my sins. And I do need to trust him. We pray you'd make that decision tonight. It's free to happen for you. If you will believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, I believe there's a a seriousness and a sincerity that... God's using in our midst that someone, anyone, child or adult, anyone in this room might freely take Jesus to be their Lord and Savior. There's no other way. There is eternity. There's no other way but through Jesus. Would you receive him tonight? As Ryan said, he he sacrificed his life for all of us. But back to the Christian, let me, let me say, may we be sacrificing. May we be sacrificing to tell others about that great sacrifice that he made. We're not going to have a song, a hymn of invitation. I would just like for us all to bow our heads. And just take a few minutes to be silent. In these moments, if any of you need to grab Dustin or Jason or Corey here tonight and and go off in the corner and you have a burden on your heart that God's moving on your heart right now, you, you take them off in that corner and talk to them. If any of you young ladies... Need to take Miss Jennifer, Miss Shelley, Miss Heather, or any of these adult ladies here. Please do. You can you can do so now. You can do so after we pray, or any time through the rest of this night. I'm going to give us all a moment to reflect on the message, to reflect on our lives. Brian said, let's examine ourselves. Let's do that now.